0: Growing your business is tough, but don't worry, we've got you covered. We interview industry experts on how they've solved their most challenging business problems in SaaS or e-commerce. No fluff, just step-by-step playbooks to help you dominate your market and crush the competition. This is the How We Solve Podcast. Here's your host. Hey everyone, this is Dave at the How We Solve Podcast. I am here with Nadine. Nadine is an author, aromacologist, founder and CEO of Living Libations, an organic luxury line of non-synthetic botanical health and beauty products. Nadine, how are you doing today?
1: I'm good. Happy to be here.
0: Thanks. Yeah, we're so glad to have you here. I'd love to, you know, this is an area that I personally don't know a lot about, which uh, is commonly the case, actually, when we do this podcast. (laughs) I'm always sort of learning from the guests. So tell us a little bit about Living Libations and uh, your products and who it serves.
1: Yeah. Well, I started, it's been a long journey. I started formulating with botanicals when I was 18. And uh, then after university, I opened up North America's first full concept aromatherapy store when I was about 22. So that was really fun. Living Libations is, uh, was sort of the next chapter because that was like a store. And then I met my, my partner, my husband, and we sort of did the next evolution of the formulas. And that is Living Libations we make all really some of the purest health and wellness beauty products on the planet always working with and sourcing most beautiful raw materials and we make everything from perfumes to poetic pits which are our deodorants to of course you know creams and lotions and you know bombs for you know inside your noses and you know to help breathing breathing bombs and hand sanitizers And we have a quite extensive organic oral care line, as one of the books I wrote is uh, Holistic Oral Care. And my other book is Renegade Beauty, which is really a deep dive, kind of like a beauty Bible that's, you know, obviously a lot of it's directed towards women with chapters on, you know, breasts and pregnancy. But I have so many men that read the book and come up to me with like, you know, cornered pages and underlines and highlights. And we have lots to talk about, too, because there's also chapters on you know, on skin and a whole chapter on sun, being in the sun and how to, you know, interact with the sun wisely and a whole chapter on oral care, for example. Yeah. So lots to dive into.
0: Great. Yeah. I definitely want to hear about the books, more about them as we get into it. But before, you know, we fast forward too far, let's go back to the 18 year old uh, Nadine doing the formulations for the first time. So for those who don't really know, what does it mean to formulate? I mean, I, I realized that you're kind of, putting parts together in some sort of a way, there's some sort of chemistry, but kind of like talk us through, like what does that really entail?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, it can be complicated and can be super simple. And when you're working with natural uh, raw materials, I think the whole process is a lot simpler because it's not, there is chemical reactions, but you're not working with, you know, synthetic chemicals. So the 18-year-old Nadine is mixing and, and concocting lotions and potions, you know, from, because I what happened at that age was I, you know, started to make, you know, left, left home at university, making my own food and all that kind of stuff and really starting to understand the quality or lack thereof of food in the supermarkets and really what processed food was and really what does do all those words on the label mean. So as soon as I really understood that, and then from that moment forward, really only ate organic and non-processed food going forward. But it was very simple for me to then just turn to the beauty care products that, that, that I was using and seeing those labels and understanding that what I thought was natural, you know, had the cucumber face toner had never seen cucumber. So I, you know, proceeded to, you know, look at old books and, you know, like more from antiquity and Europe in the 18th century. And, you know, of course books from this era too on, you know, making lip balms and perfumes and all of that. And that's uh, what those years entailed was uh, blending and mixing.
0: That's super cool. I still feel like there's a gap in my understanding in terms of like, you know, you have a plant or some sort of natural product and then it becomes a lotion, which is like a totally different form. So how do we get from A to B there?
1: Yeah, well, you know, making lotion is very much like making mayonnaise. You're taking a water and an oil, so you're taking water. And then in my case, I'd often be using a beautiful oil like jojoba. And then to make it come together, you use an emulsifier, which in mayonnaise would be an egg. And in this case, in lotion, it would be beeswax, which I love using. Those three things would get you a lotion. Of course, we're going to layer in more plants and herbal extracts and stuff, but that would be the root of it. That's if water is involved. And then if you're making something like a lip balm, it's really just oil and wax. And then again, you know, differentiating ingredients and you know, things that you'll use to make it active and do things. But that's really at the heart of it. It's, it can be really quite simple.
0: Uh, yeah. Yeah. It, it usually is, but I've never made mayonnaise before. Oh yeah, of
1: course. <laughs> yeah. There you go.
0: And that's why try, it's like, I'm trying to, to understand, but my wife actually has, and she would understand more what you're just saying. So yeah, um, so it sounds like after a couple of years of that and kind of messing around maybe with different uh, ratios and quantities to kind of perfect the formulas.
1: Yeah. And then I'm also like giving it to friends and stuff or like, you know, and then I had like a lot of, obviously a lot of people, we waitress in those days at university. So taking care of things like spider veins, I had a blend for that. And I had friends and family just buying things and it would work and it would help people's eczema or acne. And so it was really quite popular that by the time I graduated university, then I was really ready to, I opened the store within six months of graduation. So I was really ready to bring it forward.
0: What was it like opening the store? Where was it? What were sort of kind of the keystone products at the time?
1: I live in Canada. I'm from Ontario, so it was in Toronto on Queen Street, which is kind of like a, Toronto is a, is our one of our most major cities in in Canada, and it's like the Soho area. So it was a really neat store in a great shopping district and you know it was very hip. As some of those formulas are still, you know, around or there are renditions of it. So I, I really, we really had every aspect of the body covered. And then what was also super unique was we had this blending bar and it was all like I put all these mosaic marbles in there and it was really cool. You walk up and then you could have a perfume blended or a blend blended, or you could buy essential oils by the drop. So we had a whole menu because some of the oils are quite expensive. Like five milliliters of Rose Auto is about $140.
0: Wow. Yeah. Is it so, <laughs> because it's so hard to source that product? or
1: So when you're distilling it, the yield is not very much. Yeah. And like so about 60 rose heads make one drop of oil. So it's super potent. So then if people have like a little recipe, they'd come with like a little bottle and you could just put a drop in it. So that was super fun. And I met a lot of really fun people making blends for them. For example, that's actually where I met Alanis, Morissette.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. Canadian, am I right?
1: Yeah, Canadian. She was on tour and was like, "Ah, I heard there's an aromatherapy store and I got to go. I love essential oils. And then her friend happened to know my friend and she she was like, I know the owner. So that was super fun. And we met at midnight after one of her concerts.
0: Wow, that is cool. Yeah. Yeah, I remember listening to her. uh, Actually, probably the other day, I think I heard a song on the radio from her. Yeah, she has a new album out. (laughs) Oh, okay. Something to check out then. Great. Well, so I'm interested then, You know, a retail store in Toronto to go from hey, I've started this in my early 20s to Alanis Morissette caught wind of this and wants to check it out. I feel like something happened in between. I mean, how does it get known? Was it just kind of like word of mouth and foot traffic and being in the right place at the right time?
1: Yeah, it was all of that word, and it was really such a unique concept. And again, I don't some you know right out of the gate. To quality has always been like number one for me. So even as like other, you know, colleagues, sort of aromatherapists or people that were in the field caught wind of it and the quality, you know, it was very much like then I was invited to speak at conferences and that kind of stuff. So that was really cool. That was like more international. And then in the Toronto hub, again, we were down the street from City TV, which is like, you know, a major, uh, they did our Canadian version called Much Music, which was like (laughs) RMTV. And like, so we were, you know, got a lot of media, I was on a lot of shows. And again, but this is all before really the internet and social media. But yeah, so there's a lot of word of mouth and really even clients I had then are still clients today. I mean, that's how much people love the purity and the effectiveness of of our formulations.
0: Yeah, that definitely says a lot about the products. And I can imagine, you know, with these types of cosmetic and products that, you know, I mean, people can be customers for life, Mm -hmm. basically. So living libations, it wasn't, called that at the time, am I right? Yeah,
1: it was called osmosis at the time.
0: Okay, so when did the transition happen? Why did you, because it seems to me that it's a similar type of mission, right? So how, why?
1: Yeah, it's really, yeah, it's very similar, but what was happening sort of in that time too was just sort of seeing like, I felt like also stores were on their way out, (laughs) which really is probably taken till this year Yeah. in another way, (laughs) you know, Um, and I really wanted to get out of city so I had all, and then I met Ron. So it just felt like it was, you know, a new chapter was to begin. And that was really, you know, we did have a website with the store, but again, this was in the nineties. So it was kind of like not that functional. What was very important for us at that stage was our mail order catalog, mm. right? Cause that's what it was more. So we, it was cute. It was called inhale by mail. And, you know, and we would sell like all over the world, even at that stage. Cause again, what we were offering was unique and it was also unique to even like the more niche aromatherapy world, you know, even it was a bit of a evolution for that as well. Yeah. And then luckily Ron and so Ron and I came together as like dating, he was so keen to work together. And I was a bit like, no, it's going to kill the romance.
0: <laughs> yeah. Let's <laughs> right? keep it separate. Yeah, sure. You
1: know. But that was a unique journey, too, because it was just inevitable. And then what was neat about that is I feel like, you know, when you're in a family union, you kind of do have to you are working together anyway. So really to run a business on top of that actually just feels like quite natural because there's a lot of delegating and sorting out that kind of stuff anyway. So, yeah, and then that whole next chapter has been such a journey. We were able to move to the country, as you can see outside. And that felt like a huge step just to, you know, pool together and save and save and find the property and then also kind of pioneer. We, you know, the land found us. It's not like we were like, oh, there's a, you know, friends in that little town. So, you know, so we were really kind of pioneering, didn't know anybody, but had our beautiful land, which we just knew the moment we were there, we're like, okay, great. This is going to nourish us for the rest of our lives. And then just having that literal space to expand, you know, even just helped us expand. Further, and then of course everything was gearing towards internet life. You know, so we we had to even figure out like how you know supply. We couldn't. We didn't have a landline. We were lucky that the cell phones worked. So it was a lot, just sort of figuring that out. And then in 2013, you know, things were really rolling as it was sort of every year. You know, lots of growth. And then we we were getting ready to build our headquarters cuz we'd built, you know, extensions on the house and everything to house the business, but we had to make that real leap and get it really fully housed. That was actually we were working on that really since 2010 and then saving and then we were going to build, but then we realized we had to like, you know, all that paperwork with dividing land and then rezoning and blah blah blah. So that actually added a couple years to the journey and then we were like we got the road in, which is like a big work obviously when you're in, in the middle of nowhere and there's no stru- infrastructure. So we got that in, we saved, we did the zoning, and then literally this the weekend before the Monday of the build, a whole massive fire. And we lost, yeah, we just lost every single thing except for the pajamas on our back. It was just... No way.
0: That must have been devastating.
1: Yeah, it was really devastating on so many levels. You know, and then you really see your business in a whole other Way because literally any physical aspect of the business was gone. You know, those five mil bottles of Rosado. Well, we had, you know, 10 liters. Yeah. You know, $20,000 a thing, a liter. Anyway, you know, so it's just, it was massive scale. And it was just so crazy to even confront something that's like bigger than yourself. It's just like, oh my God, you know, when the flames are so high. So that was really interesting. So we had no physical business but we did, but, you know, and you think, oh my God, but you realize, you know, you have the clientele, the love of the libations. And, um, luckily we did have savings from, cause we were about to build that epic project we'd been saving for years for. So that was really good because you realize how you really see that your insurance policies, uh, weaknesses.
0: <laughs> yeah, it has some pitfalls, yeah.
1: So it was good and and just to see really, you know, you really see the spirit of your business when you're left with without anything, you know, on that level. And then luckily decades long relationships with all of our suppliers and and that kind of stuff. So we were able to get stock and inventory, but we have such a complex situation. I mean, over 300 raw materials to make up about 200 products. We sent a newsletter and said we will, you know, it was August the 2nd, we said we'll we'll start shipping somehow Labor Day. And we had so luckily, we had a normal month. We are a really supportive month because people were like, "Great. We'll order. We you know we love libations." And then we just, as things, ingredients and raw materials came in, and we could make sort of a certain realm of products and we would get those out. And luckily, a friend in town just sort of gave us like he had a a big open house that he wasn't using. So we kind of moved in there right away. but we just literally had to get like every single business material again. So it was a real interesting time of like recovery, further delegation you know, a lot of unknown factors and really rebuilding, which seemed, you know, like is obviously those feelings, especially in those first few months of recovery of feeling like, holy, this is such a setback. And yet somehow it also felt like it was propelling us forward in such a fast pace, you know, somehow, you know, and so then we were in that other place for a few years, but of course, you know, that was like, you know, we had to move from there as well. So we had to regroup and resave, and then look at our building again on the land, which then we were like, oh, actually, I think it needs to be in a new spot in the land. And then a whole other vision came to be. And I also made it bigger because I was like, I think I was aiming for about 8,000 the first time around, 8,000 square feet. So it being, we started build. so it was 2013, we started building again in 2016 because we had to really regroup. And so then I expanded and it's now like 22,000 square feet. And we got it built in 2018. And I because I was really like, you know, I I'm not gonna I don't want to be rebuilding buildings every few years. So I really try and look at, you know, making decisions with seven generations in mind and uh, you know, what's the type of building that can really take us through for the next century. Of course, you know, may have to do add-ons and stuff. So really looking at it from an environmental perspective, we also won some pioneer construction awards and it, we live in a you know, it's definitely we get winter, we get four seasons, but our winters are strong, and uh, the building is so efficient, we can turn off the heat in February. Wow, yeah,
0: it's impressive! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine that actually. There's so many great lessons in everything that you were saying. Obviously, it's you know, it's, it can be difficult to find a silver lining in a massive fire, but it sounds like you did it, and just firstly, just really understanding. A business, like what is it, what is it really made of? What can be taken away from it? What can't be? And that, you know, the core, the rock is the relationships, is the clientele, it's the trust that you've built up with them. Nothing can really take that away unless of course you somehow sabotage it yourself. But then and then also, you know, like you said, blessing is probably not the word, but I guess the ability to be able to start fresh, to start with a blank slate and then to kind of re envision, reimagine, you know, the way forward in a way that you probably would not have done. Had you not been forced to do this massive pivot, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's always, it just makes you really think on your feet fast and just roll. You know, you got to go with the flow and you got to have the strategy kind of every step. It's got to be like a mix of intuition and strategy. And
0: for sure, you know, an aromatherapy company and transitioning from retail to online, I imagine there's some difficulties in that. It's the type of product I think of people really wanting to see in person. You know, maybe they want to smell it, hold it you know, taste it. I don't know if that's possible, but you know, those are my expectations. So is that challenging to kind of, you know, pursue that online digital strategy in that niche?
1: Yeah. You know, you would think it would be, but I feel like we're all getting a lot more comfortable with shopping online. And definitely once people have tried something, they Come back for more. So, you know, maybe it's a bit slower or try a couple of things first. We do have a flagship store in uh, Venice, California, which obviously is great for people. And of course, there are wholesalers. So there are places on the planet to, you know, to smell and sniff and stuff. But yeah, it is a thing. I feel like, you know, in general, not necessarily for us, but like online perfume sales is something that is, I think people are challenged with. But I feel like once people know the brand and they know our palette, you know, they're pretty. They like, you know, they like, and it's encouraging. And we do do small, small little tiny travelers of some of the fragrances. So there's ways that you can sample and stuff. But yeah, it is missing a bit. But now with the current virus and stuff, I think we're even going to be thinking i think we're going to see a lot of new strategies coming you know from around the world on how to handle that
0: for sure yeah someone is going to have to invent a way to transmit scent yes <laughs> through the computer it'll happen one day but but maybe uh-huh. not uh, not in the near near future i definitely wanted to allocate a little bit of time also to just to go through your books as i said so i if i am correct there are two one is renegade beauty and the other is holistic dental care mm-hmm Picking any one of these, Renegade Beauty, for example, I'd love to hear maybe a couple of, of major takeaways that you could mention for people in the audience. Things that they could say, "Hey, I listened to this episode, and and I learned something new."
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Renegade Beauty is really like it's you know been called a Bible, the Beauty Bible, Beauty Guide. So there's a lot of practical tips and information there, and just even some chapters that are just dedicated to like an A to Z for different solutions from like you know acne to eczema that whole thing. And then the chapters are really give good, because there's a lot of stuff we kind of have to undo, like a lot of stuff that sort of we've been thinking for the past 60 years on how to care for our bodies that we really want to undo. So it's, a you know, I I do explore these subjects. It's a little bit of philosophy, a lot of science. And really the general thesis is, you know, I I feel like beauty isn't something that is applied to you. It's not something that's going to come out from another, you know, jar of cream something that we really, but we do want to feel better. We do want to feel beautiful. And I feel that the remedy to that is to understand and to engage with the elements a lot more and to understand the elements as sort of our, our beauty attendants. So, you know, engaging with sun, fresh water, air, and, you know, hanging out on the earth somehow or or you know or using the gifts of the earth to take care of our bodies from nourishing food to the beautiful raw materials like clays and flowers that we can apply to our body and to our skin to help our skin to help our immune system to help our digestion so we have all these gifts and it's just something that we can look at engaging more and kind of like into you know a little bit less effort a little bit allowing the body to do what it was designed to do a little bit more so hopefully we can kind of get out of the way engage with the elements and you know just feel a little more refreshed from being alive and like kind of you know how we can find those ways to revive our our being and revive our spirit
0: i love it i love the messaging Uh, i'm very jealous of (laughs) trees you have in the background as you're talking about like connecting with nature and i'm kind of sitting in this room and i've even got like the uh, blinds (laughs) closed i don't know why they're closed they were just like that when i got up so (laughs) Yeah. So Nadine, for people that want to learn you know, more about you, check out your books, your company, how should they get in touch?
1: Well, our our website's livinglibations.com and you there's, you know, articles on there and you can, there's a lot of fun in there and you can feel free to email us, ask us any question at all. We also do free consultations for health, beauty, dental, you know, then we've got Instagram, the books are on the site or anywhere books are sold as well.
0: Awesome. Great. Thanks so much for being on the call and, you know, giving us all that insight.
1: Thank you. Is your sales team spending too much time researching leads and accounts? We take over all the labor-intensive sales development tasks so your team can focus on building relationships and closing more deals. We don't just build lists.
0: We take a strategic research-based approach to find your team qualified leads
1: every day. Ready to start? Schedule your free consultation at taskdrive.com. That's T-A-S-K-D-R. Thanks for listening to the How We Solve podcast. Dominate your
0: market and crush the competition with our step-by-step playbooks. Subscribe right now in your favorite podcast player or visit howwesolve.com.